0: Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church in Jersey. You know, this uh, week was April Fool's Day. I wonder if anyone got pranked. Did you? Anybody? Okay, I'll tell you uh, a couple of funny stories I heard. The, the one quote I read on the, uh, Facebook or something was, April Fool's is the one day of the year when we critically evaluate what we read on the internet to see if it's really true. I thought that was really quite profound. But I read a couple of stories. There was a a restaurant in America that said on April Fool's Day to their waitresses, the, the waitress who sells the most beer will get a Toyota at the end of the night. And it was on April Fool's Day. And at the end of the night, this one lady had really worked hard and sold a lot. And she came to get her prize and they gave her... A toy Yoda doll, a Toyota. And they said, April Fools. And she sued them and they had to give her a Toyota. <laughs> Isn't that a good story? And then there was a radio broadcaster in Athens, a long time ago, uh, who went on April Fools on the radio and said, There's extreme air pollution in the city of Athens and so everyone needs to evacuate he didn't check with his bosses he just said it over the air and the whole of the center of Athens evacuated and businesses sued the radio company for hundreds of thousands and won their their court cases isn't that amazing another lady on April Fool's Day texted her boyfriend and said I don't think it's working out between us I think we better break it off he texted back oh I'm so glad you said that And then they both said, April fools, and they're back together again. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Father, I pray that you would teach us about in-betweens, about these corridors of life, where we've left one thing, but we haven't arrived at the other yet. And what is your purpose for them in our lives? In Jesus' name, amen. We're talking about in-betweens. You know, the disciples saw Jesus die and then rise again... But he didn't go back to heaven for 40 days. 40 days later he ascended and there was this in-between period where the disciples were not quite released to do ministry. They knew this amazing good news. Jesus is risen again, but He hasn't gone back to heaven yet. And what was the purpose of 40 days? You know, if God is God Almighty, which He is, He could have said, Jesus, go back to heaven the minute you you rise again. Just say hi to your disciples and then go. But there was a 40-day period, and that's a long time. Why did God have 40 days of in-between A corridor where one thing's finished, but the next thing hasn't begun. I wonder if you have ever had corridors in your life where you feel like, what am I doing here? That relationship's ended, I don't have another one. That job's ended, I don't have another one. I'm in between, I don't know where I am or where I'm going or what I'm supposed to be doing. What's going on, Lord? I feel like I'm in a waiting, holding pattern. Do you ever feel like that? I've got good news for you today. In God, there are no corridors. There are lessons to be learned. Even when you feel like you're in a corridor, it is a powerful time if we handle it correctly. If we conduct ourselves the way the Lord wants us to. And that's what we're going to be looking at for the next few weeks. Um, You know, there's many of these corridors in the Bible. The Israelites, 40 years in the wilderness before they went into the promised land. You remember that? Jesus gets baptized, God says, this is my son whom I love, I'm well pleased with him, and yet it's 40 days of fasting and temptation in the the wilderness before he starts his ministry. David, anointed by Samuel, you are the king of Israel, 25 years before he goes out there. Abraham, God says, I'll give you a son, a promise for for blessings and for generations to come. It's at least 25 years before he gets it. King, uh, sorry, Paul, the apostle hands laid on him. You will be my servant. You will preach my gospel to the Gentiles. It's at least 15 years before he gets to do it. And there's so many of these. Joseph has a dream. All your brothers will bow down to you. It was at least 15 years before he was made prime minister of Egypt. All of these waiting periods can feel like a corridor. Joseph sitting in prison, forgotten, darkness all around him. Even the the baker and the cupbearer have left him. He's all alone in prison. Lord, what's going on? Is it all a waste? Did I dream that dream or was it from you? What, Lord, I'm in, a, I'm in a corridor. And God says, no, no, there's something happening here. If you conduct yourself properly, if you keep yourself in me and in my ways, you'll see that the corridor is not a corridor. It's something powerful. And for the disciples, they went from being defeated, fearful people... Peter was so guilty. Jesus had said to him, you're going to deny me three times. And Peter did it. He said, Lord, I'll never deny you. Even if everyone leaves you and even if I have to die with you, I won't deny you. And then he denied Jesus three times. He was so guilt ridden. But at the end of the 40 days, he stands up on the day of Pentecost and he says to the crowd, you denied the Holy One. Because he's forgiven and he's full of power now. 40 days can be a corridor. We can can get locked into that corridor forever if we handle it wrongly. But if we handle it correctly, powerful things can come out of them. Amen? You know, my wife and I had a corridor period in our lives. We'd met and um, we knew that we were supposed to get married, but then she went away to do training to be a nurse in a town about 2,000 kilometers away. And this was in... 1989, 1990, there was no internet, there were no texts, there was no emails, there was no Skype, there was no FaceTime, there were letters. That took two weeks to get there. Can you imagine? And for two years, we corresponded by letter. And it felt like an in-between corridor time, but I want to tell you something powerful happened in that time. We got to know, we learned to put words on paper, which for us, if you know my wife and I, we're not very good at expressing our feelings. But two years of having to write your feelings on paper will train you, amen. And you get to know the real person without your hormones taking control, because they're two thousand kilometers away, and you've got to put it on paper there's some powerful lessons you can learn in a corridor. Amen? And then just in the middle of that time, I just want to tell you one funny story, which is very like a corridor story. The, The border between South Africa and Zimbabwe is a bridge across the Limpopo River called Bite Bridge, and it's a long bridge. It's A third of a mile, half a kilometer long, this bridge. So you go through, if you're traveling from South Africa to Zimbabwe, you go through the border post, the customs and immigration, and then you've got this long bridge that you have to drive across, and then you go through customs and immigration on the other side. And I had been visiting Bronwyn down in in her nursing school, and I was on my way back to Zimbabwe, and I I was so proud of my car. I won't tell you the make or the name because I don't don't want to... Be accused of an April Fool's prank that went wrong. But it was, a, it was a car that broke down. I shouldn't have bought it. And I get through the customs on the South African side and my car just breaks down. And I'm stuck on this bridge now. There's nothing on the bridge. There's no repair men. There's you can't do anything. There's no cell phones. I can't call anyone. I've gone through customs on the South African side. I haven't gone through on the Zimbabwean side. I'm stuck in the middle. I'm in between. I'm in a corridor. And you know what happened? The most amazing thing. I, I wish I got this man's name, but I never did. This little farmer and his wife drove up behind me in a little old broken down Datsun 1200. I don't know if you know them, but it's, it's not a very powerful car. It's a tiny little car. It was just him and his wife, and they drive up behind me. He's a farmer. He's got boxer shorts, and we call them feldsguns. They're these kind of bush shoes and, and just a tatty shirt big beard, and he gets out and he says, what, what's happened? What's, what's the problem? I said, I'm stuck. I'm in the middle of this bridge, actually at the start of the bridge on the South African side, and I've got no clue what I'm going to do. And you know what he did? He said to his wife, hey wifey, you get in the car in the driver's seat and drive. He sat on the bonnet on the front of his little Datsun 1200 with his feet against the back of my car. And she drove and pushed me, and him across the bridge. Isn't that amazing? I'm forever grateful to that man. I was stuck. But I want to say to you that in the corridors, you have experiences that you can't get anywhere else. And if you handle them correctly, they are the most precious memories and the precious lessons that you will ever learn. And we're going to see how these disciples in this in-between time learnt so many things. There's several stories talking about what happened to Peter and John and various others in this in-between time and I want to say to you that if we don't learn those lessons we can get stuck in a corridor you know the, the Israelites were going round and round Mount Sinai and God said it's enough now come on let's move on they should have moved on much sooner but because they didn't learn the lessons they kept going round and round and round in corridor school so I'd like to read to you from Luke chapter 24 Verses 13 to 35. And it's quite a long passage, but just follow with me. Luke 24. Now behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. This is the very first Sunday when Jesus is risen again. So he's been crucified on the Friday. He rose again on the Sunday morning. And on that Sunday afternoon, two men who were obviously followers of Jesus. We don't know exactly who they are. We only know one of them whose name was Cleopas or Cloppas, But they were walking to Emmaus, a town seven miles away, which is about a three-hour walk. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. So it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near And went with them, but their eyes were restrained, so they did not know him. Isn't that amazing? You can be in the corridor, you can be in between Jerusalem and Emmaus, and Jesus is walking with you, but often your eyes are restrained. You don't even realize. And you think, oh, I'm all alone in this corridor. He's there. And he said to them, What kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered and said to him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? And have you not known the things which have happened there in these days? And he said to them, What things? Again, whenever God asks a question, it's not because he doesn't know the answer. It's because he wants you to press in and find the answer yourself. Lovely. So they said to him, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people. And how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we were hoping, <laughs> can you hear the hope deferred, that, that sadness, that, oh, but we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, today is the third day since these things happened. Yes, and certain women from our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. When they did not find his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said. But him they did not see. Then he said to them, O foolish ones. And slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. They got a bit of a rebuke, a bit of a rap over the knuckles from Jesus. And sometimes in the corridor you can feel like you're being punished a little bit. But it's not punished. Hebrews 12 tells us the Lord disciplines those He loves to lead us to greater things. And and this is often the case in the corridor. You can feel, oh, have I done something wrong? No. No. You're being led somewhere better. Verse 26, Jesus says, Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into His glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, He expounded to them in the Scriptures the things concerning Himself. You know, we can learn lessons in the corridor that we cannot learn outside. Isn't that true? When you're feeling like you're in a holding pattern, you're isolated, you've missed the boat... You don't know where you are or what's going on. You can learn lessons there that you would never learn when everything's wonderful and the glory is happening. Verse 28, then they drew near to the village where they were going and he indicated that he would have gone farther, but they constrained him saying, abide with us for it is toward evening and the day is far spent. And he went in to stay with them. Now it came to pass as he sat at the table with him that he took bread, blessed And broke it and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they knew him. And he vanished from their sight. (laughs) Isn't that amazing? Sometimes the end of the corridor is something that we didn't expect. We see the light and then he vanishes. But then we ushered into a new thing. It says straight away after that. And they said to one another, did not our heart burn within us? while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us. So they rose up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven and those who were with them gathered, gathered together saying, the Lord is risen and it has appeared to Simon. And they told about the thing that had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. I'm going to just, I've got a little bit of time. I, I gave a sermon similar to this about two years ago. And a brother in the church came to me and said, what did Jesus say to them about all the Old Testament scriptures about himself? What did Jesus say? And it's a lot that he said. I mean, in three hours, you can explain a lot of scriptures. And that's what Jesus did. But I just want to go through very briefly and tell you what some of the things that Jesus would have brought up. He would have told them about Genesis, the book of Genesis, Where he is the seed of the woman. Do you remember God said to Eve, Your seed will crush the serpent's head and he will bruise your seed's heel? He said, That's me. And then God made tunics of animal skin for Adam and Eve so that they were covered. Jesus is the animal that was killed so that they could be clothed and their nakedness hidden. He would have showed them that. In Exodus, he would have said, I am the Passover lamb. When they killed a lamb and put the blood, it's me. And their hearts would have burned. In Leviticus, he would have said, you know the scapegoat. Once a year the Israelis would put their hands on a goat and all their sins would be put on the goat and he would run off into the wilderness. I am that scapegoat. I take your sins for you. In Numbers... He would have said, do you remember the bronze serpent when the whole of the Israelite nation were being bitten by snakes and dying and God told Moses to make a serpent, the very thing that was killing them, make a picture of it of bronze, make a sculpture and put it up higher and everyone who looks on it will be healed. He said, I am that. I became sin because sin was killing you and if you look at me, you'll be healed. In Deuteronomy... He would have said, do you remember Moses said, a prophet greater than me is coming. He said, I am that prophet greater than Moses. In Joshua, he said, do you remember the captain of the Lord's army who appeared to Joshua and said, take off your shoes. You're standing on holy ground. I am the Lord's captain. He said, that was me. In Judges, he would have said, I am the true judge. All those judges who tried to judge and lead righteously. I am the righteous judge. In Ruth, he would have said just as Boaz was the kinsman redeemer who came and and saved Ruth and, and covered her with his garment and said, I will marry you and take you in. I am your kinsman redeemer. In Samuel, just as the prophet Samuel went and anointed the kings with oil, he would have said, I am the anointed one. I am the one who is anointed with the oil of heaven to be king and priest. Anointed one is the word Messiah or Christ. In Kings, he would have said, just as David was a great king, I am the son of David who was promised to be king and rule forever. In Chronicles, he would have said, you know how Solomon was so wise? One greater than Solomon is here. I have greater wisdom. In Ezra, he would have said, I am the one who rebuilds the true temple of God. In Nehemiah, he would have said, I can rebuild the walls around your heart so that you are protected. In Esther, he would have said, just as there was a decree that the Jews could defend themselves against their enemies who were trying to wipe out the Jews. I have now made a decree you can defend yourself and defeat the devil forever. In Job, he would have said, you know how Satan was allowed to come into the Lord's presence and ask to tempt, tempt Job? I am the one who has thrown him down from heaven. He can no longer get into God's presence and ask for permission to tempt you. In the Psalms, there are so many, but he would have said, I'm the good shepherd. I'm the shepherd who leads you into streams of living water. In Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, he would have said, I am the wisdom of God that was there from the beginning when the foundations of the world were laid. In the Song of Solomon, he would have said, I am the lover of your soul. In Isaiah, he would have said, I'm the suffering servant who paid for your transgressions and was bruised for your iniquities. In Jeremiah, in Lamentations, he said, I am your true righteousness. In Ezekiel, he said, I am the one like a son of man seated on the throne in the fire of heaven with with a rainbow all around me. In Daniel, he would have said, I'm the one like a son of man coming with the clouds of heaven whose dominion is an everlasting dominion and his kingdom will never be destroyed. In Hosea, he would have said, I'm the husband who loves the faithless, adulterous wife even though she's faithless, I am still faithful. In Joel, he would have said, I'm the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. In Amos, he would have said, I'm the one who causes darkness at midday on the day of my crucifixion. In Obadiah, he would have said, it says, deliverance will come out of Zion. I am that deliverance. In Jonah, he would have said, I'm the one who spent three days and three nights in the belly of a whale in the earth, and I've risen again. In Micah, he would have said, I'm the one, the messenger whose origins are from eternity, who will be born in Bethlehem. In Nahum, he would have said, I'm the one whose feet are on the mountains, who brings good news and proclaims peace. In Habakkuk, he would have said, I'm the answer to the question, how long, Lord, will you not answer us? And in Zephaniah, he would have said, I am the answer to this verse that says, do not fear, Zion. Don't let your hands be weak. The Lord in your midst is mighty. He will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quieten you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing, I am that God. In Haggai, he would, he would say, I'm the desire of all nations who brings the glory back to the house of God. In Zechariah, he will say, I'm the one they will look on whom they have pierced. And in Malachi, he will say, I'm the son of righteousness who rises with healing in his wings. And their hearts burned within them. Friends, I've just got a couple of points that I want us to remember today. You know, I was praying not long ago, maybe two weeks ago. And suddenly brought to my memory were a couple of times in my life, and this is not a lie, this is the honest truth, a couple of times in my life where I felt like I was in a holding pattern, where I was just in a corridor, where nothing was happening, there was no ministry happening, there was, I wasn't making any progress in my life, I didn't feel like I was doing what God wanted me to be doing, I was just in a holding pattern. And a couple of those times came to my mind while I was praying, I remembered them vividly. It was like I was back there. And I said, Lord, why are you reminding me this? He says, in those times I was preparing you for what's happening now. I said, but Lord, how? It, it just felt like I was nowhere. And you know what the Lord said to me? He said to me, whenever you praise me in a circumstance, I use that circumstance to bless you in the future. Whenever you thank me in a circumstance, I flood into that circumstance and I use it powerfully for your future. Friend, can I ask us to to seriously make some decisions today? In fact, let's just bow our heads in prayer and we're just going to decide how we're going to handle this truth that we've heard today. Father, thank you. Thank you for the corridors and thank you that there are no corridors in you. If we, if we give them to you, you use those times, you redeem the times and you use them for power and for good in our lives and to cause us to do great things for you. Father, we thank you for even the corridors that we're living in right now. Lord, those relationship issues, those ministry issues, those work issues emotional issues maybe physical problems in our lives whatever it is where we feel we're just stuck somewhere we're not progressing lord god right now and friend i'm going to ask you to agree with me in this in prayer lord god right now i thank you in this situation lord i bring your glory and your presence into this situation right now and i thank you for it lord I say thank you for this corridor, Lord. Thank you for leading me. Thank you for teaching me. Thank you for the lessons that I will learn and the relationships that will grow. And thank you, Lord, that I will get closer to you in this time. And God, I choose right now, I choose to praise you in the middle of this circumstance. I choose to thank you for it and watch you do great things in my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. And then lastly, we just need to keep doing the things that we know to do. You know, inviting the stranger who's walking along the road with us to come in and have a meal and stay with us. Breaking bread, worshipping God, going through the routines of life, going to church, submitting ourselves to God's word, asking people for advice, praying, loving God, doing all the things we know to do. When we do that, we put ourselves in the place for Jesus to break the bread and open our eyes and suddenly we see. And then my very last point is that the end of a corridor is always meant for us to go and take something to bless somebody else. You know, the the two disciples on the road to Emmaus, as soon as they Understood. It was now late at night. Immediately, they left Emmaus. They walked the seven miles back to Jerusalem. They found the disciples. They said, "He's risen. He's alive." Whenever you come to the end of a corridor, and there may have been many corridors in your life in the past, the purpose for them is for you to bless someone else. We need to say, "Lord, I don't want to waste that corridor time. How can I use this experience?" This maybe bereavement that I've been through, this difficult time without any job, without any money, whatever it is, how can I use this to help other people? And if we do that, God takes all these things, and the Bible says He works them together for good, not just in our lives, but in the world around us. So let's worship the Lord. We're going to sing a couple more songs, and and just take this time to say, God, use the corridors in my life. Amen. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a donation on the giving page of leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.